Hello. Hello. Welcome back to another episode of Story Jazz, an improvised narrative podcast with your hosts, Softy and Sam, in person. We're continuing our story in the world of Underwasser. Yes, that is the canon name. <laughs> that is the canon name. It's fun because we are recording all of these without releasing any of them and then going to release them all. We're sort of a peek behind the curtain here because we're trying to take advantage of the fact that we are in person together, something that we are not often. So like, I'm almost touching Softy. <gasps> Oh my God, soft hands. So now you're all listening to us touch each other. Okay. Um, welcome back, everyone. Shall we jump right in? Let's jump right in. Let's jump right in. The camera floats gently down from the surface like it just was dropped off of a tour bus into the water. It swings back and forth, back and forth as the blurry seafloor comes gently into view and we see three pink individuals making their way along the bottom of the seafloor. They're swimming and stepping side by side through a kelpie underbrush that covers the sand. And their heads are all pushed together, looking over the shoulders of the shortest one, Quendo, as we know, as he unfurls and looks at a list of things they're supposed to accomplish before they can be initiated into the neighborhood gang. It's worth noting at this point that Quendo and Apper are swimming, but I want to describe how... Um, <laughs> Squishy is walking in her diving suit, right? Give it to us. Well, it's clunky. It's clunky. I imagine it's clunky. I imagine it's really rigid. So she looks kind of like the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man? Well, you know, I was thinking more like a golem or something. <laughs> but I like that <laughs> image as well. It's like a Michelin-esque suit. <laughs> yes. Um, she's got rolls and rolls of kelpie substances protecting her. And so... It may actually say Michelin somewhere on it. Maybe it's made out of tire, like discarded tire that they found. Held together by kelp. Held together with by kelp. overturned fishbowl. With an top. overturned fishbowl. The irony of the fact that she's the only one in a fishbowl in this fish town. Honestly, if you didn't know who this was and you just saw her in the wrong light, like at 1 a.m. coming home from a night out, you would be terrified. I'm I'm trying to bring us about, around back to Bioshock for the sake of our, our right, inspiring. Right. Leon, here's your Bioshock character. Here's our big daddy, Squishy, who is a 10-year-old girl um, and has a drill on her arm. <laughs> for all of our listeners who care to know, Big Daddy Squishy is the name of my pseudonym in the porn industry, so just uh, look me up if you get, uh, get lonely one night. So Big Daddy Squishy and the two boys are walking through the kelp, and Quendo reads off the list talking into the bong, which they remembered to bring along. They don't need to bring oh, water no, underwater. <laughs> um, so the, the barnacles, that's a, that's a check. We, we stole the barnacles. Um, be- before, before we saw you, we also managed to turn all the s- 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 scarecumbers, scare cucumbers, <laughs> scarecrows upside down um, in, in old Benji's field. We turned those upside down. Right, right. But there's still three things left on the list, and, and well, frankly, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of glad that you're along. 
Yeah, I'm I'm glad you're along, says Apper as he's it, looking around. Is it scare crabs, perhaps? Scare crabs? Scarecumbers? I was thinking like they were eating fried cucumbers, so maybe they right, eat right, crows right. and, you know. They eat crows? The scare crows work like scare cucumbers, and so the effective translation is they're eating crows, but the crows are sea cucumbers. Oh, I see what you're saying. Crabs are, we already established our intelligence, so eating them is a little... That would be strange, yeah. Squishy bends over closer to read the handwriting. She's she's used to reading runny handwriting that is dissolving in air, so it's a little weird. It's like conversely difficult to read this non-runny handwriting. Um, she points at the first item, the first unchecked item on the list, and the two boys try not to stare at her weird hand that has four fingers and only one opposable thumb. Well, well, this one should be easy, right? It just says... Dunka basketball. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Through the top of Blobfish Ink Tower. Um, Squishy, have you ever been to Blobfish Ink Tower? Well, no, but it's not like getting to a high place would be tough, right? You guys could move in three dimensions. Apper nods. Yeah, we can get up there. Um, it's it's easy enough, but it's like it's like Bob Bob the Bobfish the Blobfish's tower. Like it's like the Bob Bob the Bobfish the Blobfish's tower. He tries to emphasize. You know what I'm I'm saying? Like okay, so maybe we put that we skip that for now. Uh, what what about this second one? Is vote for a party of your choice? <laughs> That's. That should be easy, right? My my dad voted yesterday, I think. What, what what's the election that's going on anyway? Uh, Quendo, the the nerdy one, I guess, um, <laughs> says, "Well, there's a local election going on for the um, town crier, <laughs> um, for 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 our neighborhood, but none of us are are 18. None of us can vote. Oh, so the challenge is going to be to pretend to be 18." Or find a way to get a vote in. Huh. So then the one that we're going to do next is this one. This is where we're headed, right? Cross the kelp field? What, is, what does it mean, uh, find the bottom of the abyss? Is that the one they're doing now? So what I'm pitching is one of the initiation rituals is go down to the bottom of the abyss. That way we can bring everybody together in the abyss. Great, okay. Um, I... Abra says, "Yeah, yeah, but I don't think anybody ever actually does that one. So we, we could just we could just go and say we did it, you know, like everybody else." Quindo's like, "Yeah, yeah, I don't really, I don't know about that one." What do you mean? Nobody's ever found the bottom of the abyss, or well, it doesn't exist. Quendo and Abra look at each other. Yeah, all the other kids said, you know, they were laughing when they said to find the bottom of the abyss, like it was a, is that a real thing? Is it okay? So the plan is we just go to the edge of the abyss and then we walk back yeah we we kind of like hide and, and pretend like we went there you know nobody's gonna know we went to the bottom because nobody else has gone to the bottom okay that sounds fine so should we do like the you know breaking voter registration laws first or should we go for the you know um <laughs> dunking a basketball dunking a basketball sort of diehard heist or are I was we thinking like, like don't they have some other equivalent of a basketball down there like a casketball <laughs> a Crab trap ball. Uh, some sort of nautical tumbleweed. A puffer fish. I'm sure that's, that's an intelligent creature. Yeah, that seems re- disrespectful. Um, what about a, I mean, fish eggs, right? Maybe inert fish eggs. 
That seems also really dis. Oh, you mean unfertilized? Yeah, unfertilized. Sure. <laughs> They're like bouncy underwater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unfertilized eggs of the um, humongous tuna. Okay. There's giant tuna, but then there's humongous tuna. Humongous. Humongous tuna. Um, so the eggs are basketball size to merfolk. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. They're marketed towards kids. Yeah. It, there's. It's like one of those things where if you're not part of the culture, it seems totally disgusting and like yeah. perverse to you. But you wash them a few times. Only occasionally does some kid play with a basketball and it yeah. breaks open and there's a small tuna inside the way oh that... Oh my God. And then the small tuna comes out and it's like, yeah, let me join in. They it's like a dance tuna. number. And it's a, it's really it creepy. becomes a dance number, yeah. <laughs> there was a famous film about it actually, Tuna Dance. Highest grossing film in all of Underwasser land. Only film actually. That they ever made. <laughs> I, they didn't really have the technology. They somehow accidentally recorded it onto tape. So, uh, says Quendo, I guess we're going to the abyss. And Apra says, yeah, I mean, we're, we're walking there now, so I guess we're doing that. <laughs> and uh, Squishy looks back and forth between them and says, yeah, I don't know why we're being so weird about this. We're, all, <laughs> we're clearly all just going to the abyss. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a little bit railroaded, says Quendo. So we cut to the abyss. Um, and they stare down into it, and it stares up into them. Where did I say last time? Nietzsche would have been proud. Nietzsche would have been proud. It's a really dark moment. It looks like that scene from Akira with figures leaning over the big mm-hmm. dark hole. Just like that. Um, I haven't seen it. <laughs> and they stare until Squishy says, Okay, I guess we can head back now. Yeah, says Quendo, still kind of staring. Yeah, says Apper, also still kind of staring. Squishy turns around and starts walking back and suddenly stops and says, Guys, don't move an itch. Gwendo whispers to his brother, Does that mean we can't talk? I feel like if we're talking, that means that we're moving an itch. And then Apper says back, Yeah, if we're moving our tongues, then that's also moving, so we shouldn't really be talking. Okay, let's be quiet. Do you hear that, guys? Says Squishy. We can't answer, right? Because then we would be... You can answer. Your mouth moves less than an inch at a time, right? I don't know if that's entirely accurate. Okay, yes. Do you hear that? (laughs) No. That whispering. That was Apper. No, I mean that howling from inside. And she, she looks over the abyss and she leans and pretends to like start getting sucked in by this gentle whirlpool that sucks into the abyss. Oh no, I think... I think I'm getting pulled... Quendo looks worried for a moment and goes, Squishy, no. Squishy, you can't. No. Wait. Oh, 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 Poseidon, I'm... No, uh, Apper, help me. And Apper's already sort of grinning to himself. And then Quendo realizes it's a joke. And Squishy laughs and uh, stands upright again and says, I got you guys. I got you guys. Good. And then a piece of sand breaks away underneath her foot. And Apper, in the middle of a hearty laughter, ha, <laughs> uh, oh chokes on the laugh and watches in slow motion as Squishy falls from the edge of the abyss in her blubbery Michelin suit. Slow motion. Like, actually slow motion. Actually slow motion. Because <laughs> it's, it's water. Reaching out slowly for the brothers as she's falling deeper and deeper into the abyss, like two inches at a time. Yeah, the brothers just, could go and swim few, and pick her it's back. It's a few meters, really. She's just sort of slipping down the side of the slope there. She gets a hand against the wall and slows her descent even more. Says, "Yeah, um, 
I am actually a little heavy. Could you guys come pull me out? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was I was caught in the whole you know uh, gravity scene. You know <laughs> the sort of uh, what is it, George Clooney? George, George Clooney falling from anyway. Okay, um, yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. Yeah, happy to have it. Apra, come on, let's go. Just that little monologue just cost me another meter. So please. And Apra and Quendo dive off of the edge and swim with their little fin tails and webbed feet three-toed, one-fingered web feet, and go and pick her up. Wait, feet with finger, with one finger? Like one full-length finger? <laughs> yes, no, three opposable toes. Webbed between them with one finger, sort of. On the bottom. On the bottom. Mm, cool. They're not, they don't stand, and so the bottom is just sort of an extra grasper. Right. Or for fingering. Um, <clears throat> you look for, at me with wide, wide eyes, big eyebrows. Barnacle play. We're leaving the barnacles out of this one. Okay. For legal purposes. For legal purposes. Um, the barnacles have already signed, uh, you know, a release form to form their own union and film their offshoot, so we can't mention them in this That's one. good, actually. I'd rather not be involved in the barnacle porn. Yes. We can't even say. We're not, allowed, we're not legally allowed to say barnacle porn? No. We're going to cut that. Okay, we got to cut that. And we should probably get back to the life, to the slow life and death situation yeah. that our characters... We come out of, we kind of out of a freeze frame as we see... The two boys swimming gently into the abyss and wrapping their three-toed hands around Squishy and lifting her one inch at a time. It takes a little while. It's a little more effort than they expected, but they make some progress as they begin to lift her out, leaving Squishy dangling over the abyss, completely powerless. And as she looks down, she says, Wait, guys, do you... See that? Quendo says, All right, I'm not I'm not falling for it this time. This this was it was good the last time. And the whole falling slowly no. George Clooney thing was cool. But no, 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 I there's actually something down there. She sees a dim orange light. Point of light, yes. Pulsating gently deep down in the darkness. No, bro, uh, says Apper. I think I I think I see it too. I just realized that this is when we do Ghost Hunters, usually I play the two brothers and you I play realized, Harriet. I just realized the exact same thing just now. Apper is Spencer. Quendo is, yeah. is uh, Graham. They have different characters, but I definitely play the two brothers and you play <laughs> the other character. Yeah, and Harriet is also kind of sassy in that way. Yeah. Alright. Apper's like, no, I, and I see it I see it too, bro. Um, Can we just let, let Let's get Squishy back up and then figure out what that is. And the two boys heave and hoe and pull the heavy Michelin Squishy back onto the ledge, set her on a rock, which is much less likely to collapse. And they all, on their bellies, creep their faces over the edge to look at the orange light that's still visible in the center of the abyss. There's something about it that makes them want to get closer. Oh, different things than I thought they wanted. Yes. Um, what did you think they wanted? It swings back and forth, almost. Very briefly illuminating one side of the hole, and then swinging back to the other, very briefly illuminating it so subtly that you can't quite tell if it's a trick of your eyes, like you've, you've looked too hard into the sun for too long. It's deceiving, like a uvula. In the mouth of the abyss. <laughs> what was the... Did we give the anglerfish a name? 
No. No, he didn't, right? All right, mate. That's that's the voice of the anglerfish, right? Yeah. I'm an offensive stereotype. <laughs> we cut to Herman the Merman and Raylene, the Snifibian, and Francis, <laughs> the anglerfish, who we didn't name last time, but we're naming now. Right then, you ought to take a left here. Herman glances nervously at Raylene and says, where did you find this this uh, yeah, small man, small uh, ang- ang- angel? You can, uh, you can ask me directly, mate. I'm a person too, you know, even if I'm an offensive stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> even if my accent isn't quite accurate. Raylene smiles and ignores Francis and says, I found him in the, the dungeons of the Bob, the Bob, the Bob Fifth, the Blob Fifth, fifth power. As a janitor, I have access to many parts of the tower you have never seen. And after a brief conversation, discovered that our friend Francis here may know a thing or two about the transmogrifier and the abyss in which it is contained. Yeah, I don't mean to brag, mate, but us uh, anglers belong to those fish who have access to the dark plane down there. Underwasser is... Wait, 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 says Herman. Let's let's back back up like seven steps. There's a dungeon at the bottom of Bob the Bobfish. The Blobfish <laughs> is tower. There's a there's a dungeon. Yeah, it's part of the dark plane, mate. And you were you were imprisoned for a crime, I presume, says Herman. That's none of your fucking business, cunt. Oh man, we're really <laughs> leaning into this stereotype of Australian criminal, uh, Australian criminal like jungle <laughs> exploration leader. Right, listen, there's a dark plane to underwater, and it's called it's called the Down Under, I presume. Herman says. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but I really like that joke. I think I'm gonna use that. There's a dark plane, and it's it's basically a different sort of set of dimensions. So this is like upon, Stranger Things, yeah, it's the upside yeah. down. Okay, yeah, I've seen the film. Basically, okay, this, so this the show. abyss is one of the main portals into that plane, and the other one being Bob the Blobfishes. There's another way, yeah, into the yeah. abyss. Basically, yeah. Okay, you know, I've been a I've been a treasure hunter for 17 years, and I didn't know any of this. I feel kind of like a fool, says Herman. I've been I've been fetching things for Bob the Bobfish, the Blobfish, for half my life at least, and I've never. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I get that reaction a lot. It's kind of an exclusive place. So you want to make a left here, by the way. I don't know if you actually heard me before. Yeah, we didn't. The narrator didn't say, but yeah, we've, we've turned. We're good. All right. <laughs> I know it's really just a circular darkness from your perspective. <laughs> darkness. <laughs> from mine, it's more of a uh, labyrinth because I can see the dark plane, right? So you're on the right track to find the, the bottom of the abyss. We're going, we're going to the bottom. Herman looks back and forth between Raylene and Francis. Yeah, that's where the transmogrifier landed. <laughs> the way that you're laughing after you're saying transmogrifier. Oh, I only laugh because I'm butchering the accent. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I still, you're both speaking about the transmogrifier as if you're certain it exists. And, and if it exists, how come it hasn't been used or fetched before this? And, 
And why were you in prison or, or jail? I just, there, there's so many, there's so many loose ends to this story. I'm, I'm having trouble keeping them, keeping track of them all. Yeah. So last time somebody asked me for a trip down here to guide them, you know, uh, things kind of went to shit and several people kind of died. Kind of died or, well, or did completely die? It depends. What do you see as the worst outcome? Dying down here and being, you know, finished living or getting stuck down here and never getting out, but so, incapable so are, of dying, supposed. Well, that's the the myth anyway. Our listeners can't see, but I looked at Sam like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me just, okay, I'm going to piece this together for my own mind and for, I suppose, our listeners as well, says Herman. There's an abyss in which there's a whole group of people like yourself, um, Mr. Francis, or Miss Scattered Francis. Scattered throughout the dark plain of underwater, yeah. The abyss is only one portal, but yeah, go ahead. And and you freely live down here, living your life, and, and there are other people who have visited and, and never returned. And that's that's a risk that we that may befall us. Yeah. You didn't know this when you went after the transmogrifier. No, I thought you were in Raylene's pocket the whole time. You would have known that I've been sort of <laughs> armbarred into this whole arrangement. I, 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 Raylene threatened my daughter. He's just trying to impress you, said Raylene. Says I'm Raylene. not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to not die no, or get Francis left. Is, Francis is trying to impress you. Oh, it's yeah, really, I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> it's really not that dangerous. And he knows the way. If we follow him... Just relax, mate. We got this. Herman gulps <laughs> and follows the other two, just a step behind, wondering what he's doing there as a master treasure hunter who knows nothing of the abyss. The group continues to swim in a vaguely downward spiral, taking a left, taking a right, taking an up, taking a backward one time. That, that one was weird. Navigating the so-called dark plane labyrinth that as they go on and Francis keeps inventing directions for them to turn, Herman the Merman starts thinking, yeah, this he might be over-mythologizing this whole deal. And finally, they come to a wall. And Francis says, Right, yeah, uh, I knew this was here. <laughs> Yeah, right. I knew I knew exactly where we are. So, right. Uh, uh, we... And for a moment, we see Francis glance up nervously at Raylene. And Raylene looks at him with the same sinister eyes she looked at Herman the night before. It's like there's a threat in that look. But Herman can't piece together what it is. Look, Raylene... Ma'am, maybe we take a few steps back, cause to be really, to be frank, mate, this is this ain't supposed to be here. <laughs> oh God, I'm losing it. Right, I mean, I I'll take over. <laughs> take over. <laughs> it's like somebody placed this wall here after I was put in prison, and as if in response to that. The stony wall opens its eyes and unfurls its long eight tentacles. And Francis says, 
Arnar. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Blind. No, um, what's that? What's that? What's the Australian? Um, crikey. Crikey. There we go. <laughs> crikey. We cut to Bob, the, the Bob fish. fish. The Blob Bob fish. Gently eating a steak. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard some of a description of somebody gently eating a steak. He's like, sorry. Oh. No, it's pre-cut for him. Oh, wow. And so he just has a long set of chopsticks and he's picking up one piece of the steak at a time and eating it as he peruses a report given to him by one Zacchaeus, flipping from page to page, grumbling to himself occasionally, mm-hmm. and then eating another piece of steak. Across the room, standing in the center of his office, is that Zacchaeus, nervously looking back and forth, back and forth, watching Bob peruse the report silently. Every few moments, Bob will pick up the Nokia phone and roughly push a few buttons. And with every push, Zacchaeus will cringe a little. From Bob's perspective, we can see that he has figured out the snake game and is really good at it. It's like <laughs> the thing is like really long and he's making S-curves, filling out the entire box. Well, uh, you know, once you get to... There's like a couple pixels from the end is when you win. Yeah, yeah. He wins the game real quick and uh, puts the phone down again and says, All right, I've uh, reviewed most of your reports, Zacchaeus. Yes, sir, Mr. Sir, Blob, Mr. Blob, Fish, sir. And I have one question for you, and this question, consider it the most important question of your career, and perhaps, and he looks deep into Zacchaeus' eyes, perhaps your life. Zacchaeus swallows. Can this device, and he holds up the Nokia, can this device be charged on your generator? I feel like it's almost Zachary suppressing that laugh. Um, yes, sir. I just have to look through my collection of cables, ancient cables, and uh, should be able to do it. Let's do it. Let's charge the Nokia. And then what, sir? You don't... You don't plan to use its communication functions, do you? There's only one way to find out. If I'm going to use the communications, it's that's to charge it. <laughs> <laughs> because I've run the power out using this damn snake game, which is so hellishly addictive. I feel you, sir. I want you to feel the pain of your failure. Oh, gosh. Should you fail to charge this infernal device once again? No, no, I, I should be able to do it. it is, Don't it's, feel it's me. Not a, it was In just an firmness. expression, sir. I, I, um, I can see you're very firm today. The pressure is doing good things for you today, sir. It's so great for my skin. I almost feel like on those mornings when the pressure's lifted that I might fall to pieces. That my skin may stretch out and I might expand. But thankfully, I do not. Thankfully, sir. When I get to the surface, I'll get to feel the pressure of the air, the pressure of the sky, and my firmness will only get greater. 
One day I'll look as beautiful as that damned Herman. And Zachary thinks to himself, nobody will ever be as beautiful as Herman, but he doesn't say it out loud. I know what you're thinking. You can't wait to see me as beautiful as that damned Herman. <laughs> Just you wait, Zachary. <laughs> Oh, that's good. Now charge the phone. We have business to attend to. Zachary nods, steps forward. Of course, sir. Grabs the phone and uh, swims off quickly to charge it in his laboratory. Bob leans back in his creaky armchair and looks out the skylight directly above his office, up into the gentle flowing waves above him and the light that barely, barely shines through above that dreaming of the outside world and the incredible amount of money he can make with it. One day, one day I'll prove you all wrong. Okay, shortest ad break. Shortest ad break. Let's break our record. Shortest ad break. Uh, we love you. We love you. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> look, we don't we don't have any sponsors, so this is it. This is look, guys. This is the last episode of Story Jazz for now. For now, we hope to bring you more stuff in the future. If you listen to the hope. last episode's ad break, which was an episode of a podcast in its own right, uh, <laughs> basically, we hope to make another Story Jazz esque project in the future, and we will, of course inform you through this channel and the social media channels. Until then, follow us on social media at SamGeist and at SoftyWrites. SoftyWrites. There we go. Excellent job. I'm going to take my time with my portion of the podcast. We we don't have that much time. I, I only have a little slot in my audio software. Wash your hands. Wash your butts. You can still continue to tell your friends, family, pets, and furniture about the podcast because it will remain up forever. Why are we excluding... Houses. You know, tell your houses are just furniture for giants. Oh my god. That's my that's my that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. Hot take, hot take of the day. This is a very hot take because you go inside of I don't like what so so planets are houses for giants? No planets where are where do they put <laughs> planets are planets. Where do they put their books and silverware? Uh in houses. That explains the enormous spoon that crushed my entire living room yesterday. Uh, to get spooned by an enormous spoon. Wait, we were supposed to keep this one short and not talk about <laughs> random things that have nothing to do with anything. Nothing to do with anything. Um, we love you. We're going to miss you. We're going to miss this project. And we look forward to seeing you on the other side of whatever it is we make. Yeah. Thank you. Th thank you. Thank you for everything. No, thank you for everything. Oh, thank me for everything. Thanks, Softy, for everything. We love you. We, uh, we love Softy. We love. Everybody say it together now. We love Softy. Softy. <laughs> if my voice fucking cracks. Oh, my gosh. That's actually right. the one. Let's get out. Let's get out. Let's get out. We love you. Go. We'll cut back to the kids. Go for it. We see Squishy descending the wall of the abyss. Gently now. Softly. Supply, smoothly, moistly, moistly, dankly, dankly, sloppily, mm. slipperily, carefully climbing down, guided and, and supported by the other two who swim with her. Apper and Quendo. There was something about that orange light 
that just made them all agree that they might as well go and check it out, right? Can't be that dangerous down here. It's just I, an empty hole. I'll note, I'll note actually, narrator, says Quendo, that I did not think it was a good idea. And then Aphra says, what are you talking about, Quendo? Shut up. We're, we're going to go figure this out. Yeah. Come on. Like, I mean, might as well, right? Says Squishy. Uh, three descend, and the light gets bigger and bigger, and it continues to uh, float back and forth and pulsate a little bit. Eventually, it's almost at eye level, and it's in the middle of the abyss out there, and they're clutching the wall, right? Squishy's clutching the wall, because she'll sink. But at this point, it's darkness all around them. They've gone deep enough into the abyss to where they can't see the surface anymore. In fact, they can't quite tell which way is up and which way is down, other than the gentle pull of the current, especially on Squishy, who can't resist it. But the light is their point of reference. That's what they're trying to get to. Apper scratches his chin. All right, I'll, I'll go out and check it out if you guys want to wait here. Yeah, that sounds like a great idea. No, I want to go too. I want to go check it out. Well, I, I don't know. Abra says, should we carry you? Uh, we might be less, um... Yeah, yeah, mobile. yeah, yeah. Quendo can carry me. I don't know if I can carry it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quendo can carry me. I can carry you. I mean, I'm a little stronger than Quendo. Okay. Hey, wait, bro. I, I'm, I'm strong. I can carry. I can carry. You I can just carry said squishy. you couldn't carry her. Yeah, you just said you could. But I, I, I could if I wanted, but I, I don't think we should. I don't think we should. I think we should... We should probably go back up. It's already... All right, I'm going to go look at the light. And Apper kicks off from the wall and swims quickly toward the light. Quendo, let's go. Apper is already swallowed by the darkness. What? What? No. Ah! Ah! Says Quendo. Okay, okay. Ah. Let's go. And he grabs Squishy around the waist and pushes off from the wall as well. And they push off from the wall. And they sink down like (laughs) three meters all at once before Quendo hoists her weight up and pushes harder with his webbed toes they catch up to Apper maybe they have three fingers and one toe on their feet (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay I can see that anyway they're webbed with his webbed feet he manages to get enough traction in the water that he's pushing her up and they're actually gaining altitude rather than losing it following into the darkness after the orange and after Apper and they catch up with him just as they come up to the orange light. And though it was magnified by the dark mistiness around it, it now, you know, there's like a halo around it, around the light that made it seem bigger than it was. Yeah. And now that they're getting closer, it gets smaller and smaller until it's just a pinpoint. And they see a tiny fish, a tiny, tiny angler fish. They see a tiny anglerfish's corpse. <laughs> it's, it's Francis. Upside down. <laughs> floating belly up. <laughs> floating belly up oh, in the shit. center of the abyss. Oh, shit. I was looking forward to doing a joke like, Oh, it's the kids. Fuck, I better watch my language. <laughs> Says Francis's ghost. But Sure. <laughs> there, I could, I could get it in that way. His spirit is no longer there. It's just the corpse. We'll ignore the biology of the fact that the anglerfish needs to be alive to have its thing on. Anyway, it's, it's you know, death throws, uh, some sort of corpse spasms. But Francis is dead. Oh, no. My favorite kids, character, too. And the kids have just stumbled upon his corpse. And even worse, Apper recognizes him. 
That's, that's my mom's friend. That's, that's Francis. Mom's special friend? Quindo says. No, not, not Francine. That's mom's special friend. Francis. Oh, Fran- Francis, right. Remember we made fun of Francine and Raylene as kind of a, anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's Francis. That's, you know this? I think he's, um. Quendo says, I think he's sleeping, right? Do you want to poke him? No, 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 Quendo. He's dead. What? All the kids carefully and anxiously look around. He's, if he's dead, then whatever killed him is probably still out here, right? Is it? Says Quendo. Oh, shit. I have a really, really weird idea. Go for it. Just in that moment, a huge mass swooshes past them through the water, and the displacement of water uh, throws them back and forth, all three of them. Quendo loses his grip on Squishy, and she starts sinking. And Quendo shouts after her. Squishy! Apper! Apper! Squishy's falling! And Apper starts... I got him, bro. I got him. Starts swimming after Squishy downward, but then a tentacle scoops Squishy up and lifts her gently up to the other boys. Swinging her up past the boys again, up into the water above them. Whatever tentacle this is, whatever creature this is, is massive. And again, this huge mass of flesh circles around the boys, creating a vortex that t- t- turns them around. And then finally, as they slow down, a huge face shows in front of them, a rocky, stony-looking face. With two bulbous eyes and a beaked maw. And the beak opens, and the creature is about to engulf them whole or or screech terribly, and it speaks instead, and it says, Hey, what's up, guys? What are you doing down here? (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Yeah, sorry for the, like, dramatic entrance. I just super big, so, like, it's hard for me not to enter dramatically, you know? Uh... Says Quendo. Hi? Hi, I'm, uh... Says Squishy as she stands up. I'm Squishy. What is she standing on? She's standing on the tentacle? On the tentacle's hand. Uh, I'm, uh, my name's Squishy, and these are my friends Apper and Quendo, and this is the corpse of Francis, um, Apper and Quendo's mom's friend. Not special friend, but normal friend. Quendo is shaking and crying right now. <laughs> Bubbles of air coming out of his eyes. <laughs> Rising up out of the abyss. So stupid. Um, and he, like, tries to stop the bubbles from, from bubbling over his face. And Apra sort of uh, slips in front of his brother and says, D- don't worry, bro. Don't worry, bro. I-, I got you. Oh, yeah. I saw your friend. Um, uh, yeah. I'm really sorry about that. I meant to Meant to give him a proper uh, sort of service. Wait, you you killed him? Oh, he's dead. Oh, that's really sad. I just met him. Oh. Wait, you you didn't kill him? No. Oh, no. It was probably the. Look, you guys should get out of here. It's not safe for a bunch of kids like you. I didn't say his name, by the way. Oh yeah. What um. Well, before we get out of here, well, what's your, what's your name? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm, uh, um, <laughs> Ollie. <laughs> uh, Ollie? 
I'm Ollie the octopus. That's me. Why are you losing it? I don't even understand. It's just the names are all Herman the Merman, Bob the Blobfish, and Ollie the octopus. This is like a fucking dark-ass Backyardigans episode. No, look. So I'm Olivier the octopus. But I go by Ollie. Um, um, you mean like... Olivier, like a like a French like a like a French octopus, from yeah, yes, I'm a French octopus. Let's just pretend I've had this accent all along. <laughs> so I'm Olivier, uh, Oliver, uh, Oli, the French octopus, and uh, I did not know your friend was dead, but I suppose it was the harpoon man that killed him. Yeah, he's wait, been wait, 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 and then Abra says, "Wait, what? What?" And Quendo's like, "There's a." There's a killer out, another killer out here? And Abra's like, wait, um, Harpoon Man killed Francis. Like, like yes. He's here, he's here, he's here somewhere? Like, the. the... Oh, he's been here for quite a while. I've been, uh, sort of in a territorial spat, you know? He's quite violent. I live in the abyss. I clutch to the walls, make myself look like stone. Everybody thinks it's empty, but. Recently, uh, another person has been uh, hanging out here. I think he's a merman. You smaller creatures all seem, no offense, but kind of the same to me. So, uh, yes, he swims around with a harpoon and kills everything that gets too close. Wow, that's horrific. I know, I know. Okay, um, and and why do you you don't know why Francis is the 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 fish is dead? You don't know anything about that. Well, I was speaking to your friend Francis and these two friends earlier. Uh, why don't we do a flashback and I tell you the story that way? Yeah, I guess I guess that sounds great. That sounds good, right? From a storytelling perspective, you want to give it, lead us into the flashback. Uh, we hear the clacking of a film projector as black and white <laughs> frames speed up and up and up. And then eventually we see Francis, Raylene, and Herman standing in front of a moving wall. And the moving wall says, Oh, hey, guys, I'm Oli, the octopus. Don't be afraid, please. I'm just checking to see what are you doing down here. It is a kind of a dangerous area. I do not know if you are aware, but we are in the middle of a territorial uh, dispute <laughs> between me and a very terrifying merman known as the Harpoon Man. Kills everybody. Really, no remorse. Okay, guys, um, says Herman, I, I think Harpoon Man and um, Oliver, the, the octopus. It's Olivier, but you can say Oliver, I don't mind. Ollie, the octopus, I'll say. Oh, Ollie! Ollie is short for Olivier? Yeah, I was thinking that. Oh, I like that. <laughs> I think I will go by Ollie from now on. Okay, um, Harpoon Man, Octopus, I think this is maybe the end of our journey, says Herman. Maybe we'll just turn around and, and go back up. What kind of fucking treasure hunter are you? <laughs> Yee. That is not possible, says Raylene. We have a further to go. And more things to see. The harpoon man will take us the rest of the way from here. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good idea. Like, you'll probably think that I'm just trying to secure my employment in this situation. But from what I've heard of a harpoon man, he fucking kills people on sight. It's 
It's insane. Well, yes, it is what I have said before that the harpoon man, he kills on sight, says Ollie. The art was, it is unfortunate to have this sort of territorial dispute down here, but um, it is the nature of harpoon men in the abyss. They are always this way. Raylene just sort of looks nonplussed by the idea and turns to Herman and says, are you in or not? In the next few moments, there will be no turning back. If you are doing this for your daughter, then stay close. And she starts slithering on downward past Ollie the octopus. And Francis. And Francis. And goes, Herman. Oi, wait. I thought I was the late. What? Okay. And so Herman carefully follows, waving nervously back at the enormous octopus who shrinks back against the wall after shrugging. <laughs> Eightfold. <laughs> Eightfold. And they head deeper into the darkness, this time Raylene leading the way, until Raylene stops. And Francis bumps into her, and Herman bumps into Francis, who bumps into her. But Raylene still doesn't move. And the orange light of Francis's little thingy <laughs> illuminates the darkness ahead of them. And from one moment to the next, there is nothing. And then there is a man. Not a fish man, but a man. A nautical suit. A deep sea diving suit with a large harpoon in one hand and a chain in the other. He floats in front of them, near motionless. Saying nothing, but pointing his harpoon. At the three of them. And Raylene speaks first. And she says, I have brought one soul to Barther Pathet. Oh, I got an idea. Okay. Oh, I just got a big idea. Okay. Can I finish this scene and it works? Or or you, you have an idea how to finish this scene? Uh, you finish the scene and then I add something out to the end of okay, that. Okay, hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> it's so good, but it's so stupid. Go. And Raylene says, I have brought the soul to barter passage. Passage. Passage? And Herman looks nervously back and forth between the two of them like, shit. It's me. Fuck, it's me. Where do I go? Which way was up again? Which way was up? And Francis is having the exact same <laughs> process, but in Australian. Fuck, it's me. <laughs> but before either of them can even make a move, the nautical man twitches faster than the blink of an eye. He lowers his harpoon at Francis and stops right when his finger is on the trigger. Because a weird sound has started emanating from somewhere, interrupting him. Somehow, through his diving mask and everything, the harpoonist looks embarrassed as he scrabbles for a pocket on his <laughs> on his suit and pulls out a Nokia W a Nokia thirty three ten W that is ringing, <laughs> and he looks between it 
and the group and his harpoon. And he looks at the phone again and he panics and fires the harpoon and swims off. We hear a gentle voice that says, your snake high score has been surpassed. (laughs) And as the harpoon slices through the water and Herman sees that it's pointing for Francis and wants to dive to protect the tiny fish. The tiny, rude, terrible, like, potty-mouthed fish. Potty-mouthed fish. And Francis goes, oh, fuck! (laughs) But fuck, I knew it was me! (laughs) But, um... I hadn't been established as a primary character yet. (laughs) But Herman is too slow and can only push Francis slightly, but the harpoon still slices against him. And that's enough to be the end of this tiny fish. And with that bloody impact, we hard cut to Zacchaeus laboratory, where he's sitting in front of the Nokia and he's pushed some button. He doesn't know which one. And it says, calling dad. <laughs> oh shit, yes! Give me one sec. So you're gonna whistle at the dog? Enjoy uh, Sam's whistle at Olivia the dog. Oliver! Stop it! If any of you listeners could hear Oliver barking, that's um, our octopus's namesake. It's a dog. Not, not an octopus. Not a doctopus. Just a... Or a doc octopus. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs>